Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back into the ABTL show here live from the Kia Studios, 92.9 The Game, and anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is time to head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Welcome in my good friend Mike Yam of the NFL Network. Mike, I know it's been a crazy busy couple of days there, a lot going on in Indianapolis. How are you? Doing great, man. Appreciate the invite as always. Always good to hear your voice. So, so let's start here because it, it kind of became the story of, of the Combine up until, I guess, maybe when Xavier Worthy did what he did yesterday. But yeah. the, the, the decision of these top prospects to not work out, whether it's receiver, whether it's uh, quarterbacks and a couple other positions, some of them to the point where they're not being measured, some to the point where they don't even show up. Uh, is, is it as simple a decision as there's nothing to gain, everything to lose, or, or what, why is we trending as we have been to where some of these guys don't want to perform in Indianapolis? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I know it sounds like the most simplistic explanation, but I think it's the one that makes the most sense. If you're a Caleb Williams, for example, you know, you've been talked about candidly for two years as the number one pick in this upcoming draft. You know, the, the tape says what it says, and there's obviously an elite skill set. We've seen him do some amazing things when he was at Oklahoma and certainly at USC in, in, in route to a, a Heisman. I don't know what the upside is. It, it almost feels like there's there's only downside for him to go and work out. I understand the competitive juices and the fact that, you know, we want to see him. But Lord knows I would have loved to see him. I've been in studio at NFL Network the last, uh, you know, four days and would love to have seen his throws. Um, and, and 
the back to back to back. I mean, that's one of the coolest parts of the combine when it comes to the quarterbacks that, you know, every single rep they're alternating and you're getting to see these marquee talents, generally speaking, perform uh, with when there's a little bit of pressure here. And I get it. There's no pads. And, uh, you know, it kind of feels at times like a, you know, seven on seven kind of uh, environment, but all eyes in the NFL world are on some of these guys. And, and to me, I just feel like there's just not enough to gain if you're Caleb Williams and maybe even a Jaden Daniels or even a Drake May. So let's continue to pull on that thread, though, Mike. Then why throw at pro day? Is that the next step yeah. in this where guys don't participate in the pro day either? No, I actually think those throws happen. So it's about controlling environment. And actually, it's funny, the last couple of days I've been working with, with Chase Daniel, we've been having this conversation as we've been watching. And obviously, he played the position. And, and, you know, we've sort of thrown that out there. Like, why is it so significant for these guys? And I think the one thing that you will hear from, whether it's Chase or David Carr or some of the other quarterbacks that we, that we have at NFL Network, they'll tell you the timing and the chemistry with those wide receivers. These are their wide receivers um, on their campuses on a field that they are very familiar with and I think it's about just controlling that environment and being the most comfortable that you can be you know we've also heard this over the years and it's not just the Caleb Williams deal where some quarterbacks will tell you well I I want to allow my wide receiver and some of my wide receivers and some of my teammates to get the benefit of NFL scouts coming to to watch me throw for example at that pro day and I, I do think there's something to that but at the end of the day I think it's just the comfort of these guys to make sure that they are showcasing themselves uh, in an environment that they're most comfortable with you are really bugging me Mike and, and not for the wrong reasons <laughs> because I agree with everything you're saying it's, it's Mike Yam and the NFL Network but this even further is like more questioning and you're I agree with everything you've said but it's also like if you're a team like I would want them to prove they can throw to new receivers because their college receivers, in more cases than not, are not coming with them. I would like seeing them with different timing, different pacing, and making it work on the fly, the adjustment. Like, to me, this all would be part of boosting it. And I get it with Caleb. Like, he's almost assuredly number one. Drake May, to me, and Jaden Daniels are are in this big competition for number two. At at least we feel that way. I know some people are – uh, you know, maybe already have their minds up. To me, those are the two guys who I'm a little surprised that they didn't go at each other yeah, from that perspective because yeah. I don't know who's two. I don't know who's three. I think decisions could have been made, though, especially for me with Drake May, who probably has more questions to answer than Jaden Daniels. He's the one of those three that I was really yeah. uh, disappointed didn't get after it this week. I'm actually with you on that one, A, because to me, it's almost surprising the way the conversation has shifted over the last few months. You know, at the start of the college football year, you would have said, hey, it's Caleb one, Drake made two, and maybe there's a conversation between those guys on really who could be that top overall pick. And I think as the season unfolded, and obviously we saw Jaden have great success at LSU, go on to go and win a Heisman, you know, the more people that have watched his film and, and see an evolution of his game, I remember being at ASU, in his first start as a freshman. I was at that game, and to see his evolution obviously has been uh, really impressive. But I'm with you. I would have loved – I think this was a golden opportunity, maybe less for Jaden because I think, candidly, I think he's overtaken – uh, Drake in that number two spot. And I think there's a real conversation and a push for the top spot. I think it's still Caleb, but at the end of the day, I think Drake may would have been, you know, would have given himself 
a little bit more buzz to sort of get some of that, grab some of that shine and, and that light and favor it towards him. Because while it's not necessarily Drake um, falling, I think it's more of a story of Jaden Daniels rising. And I think if Drake made through and he had a good throwing session at the combine uh, and being considered, you know, in that mix for, you know, a top two or three spot, I think that would have done a lot in terms of that narrative nationally. And, and maybe that shifts uh, some of that focus to him. Now, at the end of the day, and, and Abe, I think if you take a step back and we say, all right, if it was us and we're looking at being one of the top three quarterbacks off the board and probably a top five pick because teams will trade up, um, you know, to, to select a quarterback, you know, once again, it's it's about limiting some of the negatives. And I, I hate to say it, like I probably would do the same. And I don't know if there's necessarily, you know, Daniel Jeremiah on NFL Network actually made this point uh, yesterday when some of those guys were throwing. I thought it was a good one. Is there something to some players not throwing and the success that they have at the NFL? You know, and quite frankly, if you look over the course of the last four or five years, it's hard to make an argument that not throwing hurts you or throwing helps you um, and, and as a predictor for success on Sundays. So, you know, we can point to a list of guys that did throw, um, and have had success, and a list of guys that didn't throw that also had success. Mike Yam of the NFL Network joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. We'll, we'll get back to some more quarterback discussion in, in just a moment, but sure. we have been watching the Combine, and I know they're wrapping things up with the offensive linemen, but but so far, is there anyone that you've taken a look at that has like really particularly boosted their stock to to a point where you didn't see it coming? Uh, you're talking about over the last four days or so? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think you saw some performances, you know, and it's funny, it's something we're going to be talking about. When you have, like a year ago, Anthony Richardson, right, was the story of the combine, freakishly athletic, the numbers were off the charts, and I think, you know, worthy having the 40 that he had, candidly, I kind of think saved this year's combine, because for the most part, it, it felt a little status quo. I think there were some guys that certainly helped themselves out. You know, I know we were talking quarterbacks and those top guys, but, um, you know, I, I thought Joe Milton actually threw the ball pretty well yesterday. I think he's in that conversation. And by the way, speaking of, you know, some of those top quarterbacks, you know, Michael Penix is a guy that decided to go and throw, and I don't think he hurt his stock. I think he's one of the guys that, that probably helped uh, his positioning. Braden Fisk, a defensive tackle, the the statistics around what he was able to do at the combine, you look at some of those numbers, size, speed, vertical, the measurables, you know, it's on the short list of like wow factors in, in terms of some of those comps. So he would be a guy out of Florida State that certainly had popped for me. Uh, McConkie, the, the wide receiver out of Georgia, I, I got to be honest with you, it's not exactly like, you know, we looked at him as it's, it's deep class. Uh, you know, I think you could be looking at four or five wide receivers taken off the board in the first round. I don't know if he's thrust himself into that conversation, but I got to tell you, he made himself some money watching him in some of those drills. So I, I think those were definitely, for me, at least a few of the names that had popped. So, so let's keep on this worthy thing because he, he obviously runs sure. the 4 2 five. Uh, That's not good enough being just fastest this year. He wants to set a record. He does that. Um, is he the fourth? I, I mean, we've got Adunze, you've got Neighbors, we've got Harrison Jr. Did Worthy put himself in position to be wide receiver four in this class? 
Yeah, I, I, I do think he's in that mix. Um, you know, I think there were some other players that I think at least heading into it, you know, Franklin, the kid out of Oregon, was a guy for me that I, I thought really had a chance to be, you know, one of those first five guys off the board. I think Worthy has certainly thrust himself into that conversation. Um, but you're right. Like, when you go and have – basically a historic performance uh, where we know speed matters. I think that's going to help your stock. I think it's still not much of a debate though at the top, Marvin Harrison Jr. Definitely going to be there. Roma Dunze, you know, speaking of guys um, that are well thought of at their particular position, working out Rome, one of those players, Malik neighbors obviously didn't do, you know, some of that stuff, but I think those are probably your first three guys. Um, Keon Coleman, uh, wide receiver out of Florida state. I thought, he did not hurt himself. Brian Thomas also ran a really fast 40. I think it was the second fastest 40 among the wide receivers uh, yesterday. So I, I do think Worthy's in that mix. But look, I, I think it's a little bit of a toss-up. You know, four, five, six um, in that area. I think those are are the guys that I think, generally speaking, we could be talking about. And look, McConkie to me is sort of on that on that edge too. I, I don't know if he's a day one guy, but I, I don't think he's going to have to wait long on day number two to hear his name called. I want to get caught up if you can help me out, Mike, uh, with a cliffhanger that the NFL Network left me with yesterday. Did did Roman yeah. Dunze ever finish that cone drill? Or did he keep kicking that thing? That is a great call. You know, it was funny because we were on set and we went on early yesterday because we do total access as soon as the, the combine is done. And Stacey Dales was talking about those drills. I will, here's what I'll do. As soon as we get off this phone, I will text Stacey, find out if he finished, if he was able to hit that time, and then I'll drop you a text and let you know. But I, it's a great call. I actually don't know if he was able to hit the time he was hoping. It was honestly great theater is what it was. And, and I'm talking with Mike Yam of the NFL Network here on the ATL show. And if you if you aren't familiar with what I was referencing, Roma Dunze, after the quarterbacks receivers had cleared the field, came back onto the field to try and finish a drill. He wanted to set a certain time, and he was confident he could do it. Uh, but they kept they they kept essentially forfeiting each take because he kept kicking one of the cones as he spun around it. And then they yeah. show on NFL Network the start of the drill, and as he comes to that cone. He kicks it again. I mean, it was really good theater because I think they were trying to like, all right, man, like let's, let's wrap this up here. We we got dinner at Elmo. I mean, what are we doing here? But uh, <laughs> he was getting through it. So Gotta get that shrimp cocktail. He was, no, I'm yeah, with you. it was fun watching him get after it, and obviously that that kind of went to, um, you know, some of his level of competition and and all that stuff. All right, so move. Look, Go ahead. There, there is some of that, by the way, which I love. And it was funny because I turned to Robert Turbin and Chase Daniel, who were on set with me as we were watching it. And I think to your point, there is a little bit of that theater. There is the subtleties that happen. You know, over the years, I've talked to enough scouts that will tell you, hey, when, when these prospects are out, you know, at dinner, for example, you know, the entire NFL world is is in Indianapolis right now. So they're paying attention to all the things that you're doing, not just when you're doing the drills, not just when you're in the interviews, but they're talking to people, um, you know, certainly around Indianapolis. You're talking to all the people that were on campus around you. Uh, the, the intel is really significant. I, I do think for Rome, there was a part of that going, you know what? Like, I want people to know how much of a hard worker I am. And, and I actually think it was relatively smart because I think people noticed what was happening at the end of the at the combine, certainly on television. And see, I'm on the other side of that, Mike, because I think sometimes that comes off as insincere. And I'm not suggesting that anyone sure. is of poor character. I am suggesting that these guys have hired agents 
and they have said, hey, here's something I've told all my top prospects to do. It stands out with the media. It stands out yeah. with the teams. And, and, and that's not necessarily how that guy has lived his life. I don't blame them for doing that. I, I think it's just it, it's up to the teams to try and decipher what's real and what's not over a, let's say, 72-hour window. Yeah. No, I, look, I do think there's something to that. And it was a point that I had turned to Chase and I was like, you know, how genuine is it? But here's what I will tell you. Um, and look, it's been a long time since I've covered the Pac-12 now, but I remember being up there in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, Sark was their head coach and then it was Chris Peterson. And, um, you know, I was there when, when Coach Pete was there. I can tell you that there were certain players, and I don't know if it's a Washington thing. I'm sure there's other great college campuses and the atmosphere is spectacular and, and there's a great camaraderie on those teams. But I do remember being there of all the teams that were in that league more times than not at the end of practice, seeing seniors working with freshmen after practice. And I don't, maybe there's something to that mindset that has gone on past a Chris Peterson era, for example, but it is something that I do know did happen at Washington. And and maybe that just carried on through the years. Mike Yammy, the NFL network, obviously we've been talking combine. He's in Indianapolis has been covering it, but I do want to ask you a couple of, non-combine questions certainly a couple that may impact the Atlanta Falcons here but uh, let's start here with the quarterback carousel that we might be preparing for is is this in your mind something where one quarterback decision gets made and then you really start to see a flurry of moves the dominoes start to fall or is it kind of a a trickle where one happens and then independent another or, or or is it really we have to move on this because this is already off the table So there's a lot to unpack there. I I do think as it pertains to the Falcons, I would imagine that that front office looks at that roster and says, we're not that far. I would imagine they would look at the division and say, hey, are we truly just a quarterback away? Candidly, I I would tell you maybe the answer is yes. And do you want to go down the path of picking a guy that's not a top three? You're going to have to give up some, some, obviously, some draft. Um, collateral to go and move up, or can you orchestrate a deal with the Chicago Bears? Obviously, the rumors have been swirling the interest that that organization would have in a guy like Justin Fields, who, by the way, would be a slam dunk home run. I think Ryan Poles has himself a, a, a little bit of a conundrum right now. I think there's positives and negatives to moving off of one, keeping Justin, or sticking with uh, Caleb Williams and that number one pick, or Jaden Daniels, whoever they feel is the best quarterback, and then shipping Justin Fields out. Justin, to me, man, like I I do look at revolving door play callers, um, some mixed messages that he's pointed to athletically. uh, We know what he's capable of doing. I think he's a better pastor than people give him credit for. Um, Generally speaking, I don't know necessarily about all the weapons that he had at his disposal, an offensive line that obviously had some issues as well. And I think the Bears could Look, if the Bears move Justin, I do think offensive line besides quarterback and Caleb and maybe even another wide receiver, you know, whatever they do with some of that draft collateral to me is going to be huge because they do need to invest in that offensive line in a big way. I, I, I think Justin would fit great in an Atlanta offense. So when I think about the pieces in place that the, the special, uh, you know, the guys that they have that are that are special in that offense, to me, it's an upgrade right now around the skill position players than what he had when he was in Chicago. And then final question, Mike, is the the rumors or reports, whatever you want to call them, 
about the Giants potentially looking to trade up, uh, presumably for a quarterback. So if yeah. that were the case, what would that mean for Daniel Jones? Or would they trade him? Is he being benched? What exactly would be the decision process there in New York? Yeah, it's a great call. And actually, and, and Abe, I, you probably remember this, man. I am a Giants fan. So when all this talk about Atlanta being in on fields, man, I, I got to be honest with you, I was jealous because I would love to see, you know, Justin uh, and, and Brian Dayball on that offense in New York. But the reality is coming off the injury that Daniel had, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's a strategic move here. You know, Daniel Jones, people look at some of those numbers and what they had paid him. You know, generally speaking, that's like kind of middle of the pack uh, in terms of what the an average quarterback is getting right now in the NFL. And if you want to look ahead to next year's draft, candidly, the quarterback class is not as good as it is right now. So I think if I am the Giants and I go, hey, is Daniel Jones our long-term answer? If they feel like the answer is no, it might make sense to move up and try to get one of these guys who they feel really good about, create a little bit of competition. And clearly this was a team, you know, that had to go and play multiple quarterbacks because of, of injury concerns. Tyrod Taylor goes down. Um, you know, we were obviously clearly talking about, you know, all of the, uh, all the, all the Italian references in New York, you know, for, for the time being as well. I just, to me, I don't think you can have nearly enough depth in that quarterback room, especially when your quarterback is coming off of surgery and a season-ending injury. Uh, speaking of Italian references, your book, Fried Rice and Marinara, uh, <laughs> almost to the one-year anniversary of the uh, published date. I, I see here April 20th a year ago. So you're almost uh, a full year down, and, and uh, yeah. congratulations on that as always. And thanks so much for your time as you uh, wrap up coverage there from the Combine. I really appreciate it, man. Always good to hear your voice. I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. There's Mike Yam, NFL Network. They, they've they been just, you know, I got the four TV set up, and it's just, it's. That's they've been that, killing it, man. Bro, it's been Ron Popeil. It's been absolutely Ron Popeil. Set it and forget it right there on the NFL Network. Oh, yesterday, too, they were talking about how they may have had, what, their largest crowd ever in Indy. They had 16,000. Half the lower bowl full. What sort of those psychos doing? What are you? It's got to be cheap. Like, does it have, like, Mercedes-Benz hot dog prices or something? I, I would hope because so. Because I'm not paying $40. Oh, we'll we got price a, for we a, got a man there. down at the Indoor World Championships track and field. Someone took a tumble like it's short track speed skating, baby. We'll see if that was Team USA. I don't believe so. I think USA is right now in front. Well, maybe we'll get an update because Georgia Bulldog Matthew Bowling is uh, about to take the baton here in just a moment. Can he hold the lead for Team USA? We'll find out on the other side. It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The weekend sports talk rolls on. It's the ATL show. Yeah. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in, 92.9 The Game. It is the ATL show. The United States did get passed in the last, like, 40 meters or so, but it was not Matthew Bowling. He ran a perfectly fine leg. A little bit of, um, I don't know, hoodwinkery. Can we call it that? Uh, from the Belgian team, you know, I'm just saying I'd, I'd ask for a review, official replay. And, and like some of the uh, illegal touching. That's all. So we'll see what happens, but uh, unfortunately it looks like they got passed. Devastating, damaging, but uh, it's just the indoor worlds. It's not the Olympics yet, so we'll see how that goes. All right, I want to get into a little bit of a basketball discussion. I'm going to need the help of one Oren James Romaine for this one. Oren's out here uh, causing trouble. Beg your pardon? Running the board for me. Causing trouble? Causing trouble. On a Sunday? I mean, is there a better day to cause trouble? I don't cause trouble on Sundays. It's the Sabbath. I mean, not for me. <laughs> there you go. Not for me, but okay. <laughs> um, so we, we mentioned this just very briefly at the very start of the show. The Hawks are still up in New York. They've got a game with the Knicks on Tuesday. They'll then come home and host the Cleveland Coming Cavaliers. Coming in a little bit beat up right now, too. The Knicks are limping in a little bit. That's why this whole thing would have been great if you had gone into Brooklyn and taken two in a row, and then you got a Knicks team that's kind of reeling right now, got you a little bit momentum that we'd be, what, four or five yeah, in a row? Yeah, no, stop right now. They lost both games, so that didn't happen. So it we didn't happen. We don't even no, have to happen. discuss the it premise. Of, it would have been nice. Of what's going on here. Um, but Wednesday is 92-9 the game night at State Farm Arena. Yes. So if you're going to be there, make sure you reach out. So let, uh, let us know. Uh, but we're going to be involved, the whole staff at 92.9 The Game, or most of the staff, 
someone's got to stay here and actually run the Hawks game. That would be and it, it appears by <laughs> it appears by the frown on Oren's face that it has been chosen yeah. as Oren. Not not thrilled about that. They That'll don't be the trust first one I miss. That's That'll really be the first game that they, I miss. They don't, since they I've don't been trust that you. You don't get the trust level in public. That's apparently what it I do not. To. I can't go out in the and daylight. so we're going to be involved. A, a majority of the staff here at ninety two nine the game is going to be involved in a variety of like promotional stuff going on at the Hawks game stuff. and yeah events. You know the t shirt toss and I don't know they have a free throw shoot. Contesting that someone's going to be involved in, and and uh, you know we're going to be swag surfing, leading the swag surfing. It got me to thinking, and, and I guess I'll let Oren be the villain in this answer. Oh wow! Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna start us out. No, but okay. so multiple members of ninety two nine are going to be involved in the t-shirt toss on Wednesday at ninety two nine the game night for the Atlanta Hawks game. All right. Obviously, we don't know exactly who. Maybe it's everyone. Maybe it's only a couple. Just presume for the sake of this conversation, Oren, everyone is involved. Okay. Everyone you know at 92.9 The Game is involved in the T-shirt toss. Okay. Who throws their shirt the furthest? That's a very good question. Some of us will be trying. I put us um, because I'm definitely in the now, attempt. A little bit of a uh, back little behind the glass here. You and Chris Thomas had a very interesting discussion on the dynamics of how to throw a T-shirt. And you guys talked about how it needs to be tossed not like a football, but like a javelin because of the shape and how it is folded. I think I, he was a little more specific towards javelin than I was. I think it can be thrown like a football, but you can't. you can overthrow it and, and cut distance. You don't want to do that. I just like we're gonna try and hoss it out there. So, so the question is, who can hoss it out there the most? Now, normally this this Randy Mac would enter the discussion. Uh huh. I don't think Randy's gonna try and throw it like See, specifically far. That's I don't the thing. Think, but I think also Randy is a guy who got some pride. So Randy's not gonna go out there and and get shown up. Well, by look, somebody. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Fricky underhand it one year? Didn't Probably, he just like yeah. toss it to the guy in the I mean, third John's row? John's the guy who got hurt bowling one year. So. so, but I think I think he like literally just went to the third row. I was like, here you go. Just like Randy's not going to do that. No, no. But no, Randy, no. I don't know if Randy's going to exert himself to the point where he's attempting to reach the second deck. He's not going to try that. But at the same time, I, I just don't see Randy. I don't see Randy. I got a wild card. I got a wild card on this because I don't think Randy's going to put his all into it. Randy's going to have an incredibly respectable toss. All right. You think, all right, so if I was to guess who's going to throw it the not the furthest, I'm going to go with Bo Morgan. Why? Just from a size and strength standpoint, this is not a knock on Bo's size and strength, but I think we got some folks out there who can legit toss a football, and I don't know if Bo will be able to. I was going to get to this in a moment. I'll save my wild card for longest toss for just a moment. If we're going the other side, who's who's just barely getting it into the stands? Like, who's tossing it the shortest? Like, if Conti's involved, he's not going to be trying to hoss it. No, But he I won't. don't think he's going to barely flip it either. Conti won't be involved, by the way, because he's – I imagine he's doing the broadcast. No, he won't be involved at all. You're right. So he'll he'll be doing the broadcast. Maybe they give him a shirt. He just tosses From Radio it. Just kind of just throws it up back from guys. behind the Radio there Row. Um, who throws it the shortest? I'm, I'm going to go Bo. I think Bo throws it the shortest. 
I think there will be some effort, but I don't think his goes as far. But and that's I, like the same. Bo's going to throw as I far. I think if Bo Bo's if Bo puts effort into it, that's going to outthrow someone who isn't trying. And I, I imagine there's some people who won't try. You don't think if Randy sees Bo throwing a T-shirt further than him, Randy's going to be like, bump that. I want to throw one further than Bo. No, I do think Randy's going to try, but Randy's going to give like 58% effort. 58% effort. And still outthrow Bo. Wow. Here, here's my wild card. Because there's a, a friendly competition on the morning shift, and – I think Mike Johnson is going to throw it as far as he possibly can. Mike, I think, Mike's is a the candidate one to throw his arm out. Mike's the one that's going to have a, a shoulder soreness. Not injury. The next day. But, like, man, like, if you, ever, if you haven't bowled for a long time and then you just pick up a size 14 and yeah. just start hauling it for yeah. five games, it's, the next day you're going to be sore. I think Mike has potential to try and throw it too far and probably throw it further than any of us. But hurt his arm in the process. See, I'm going with the wild card just based on the conversation that you two had. I think Chris is going to launch one. <sighs> I think depends. Chris Thomas is it going depends. to launch one. I think Chris's first throw, he's going to overthrow. And it's not going to get maximum distance. Like maybe it starts to spin weird. It helicopters out of control. It, it, there's got to be an art to it. It's like throwing a pa- – see, it, it, he said javelin. I'll use, like, paper airplane from a perspective of if you throw the paper airplane too hard, it won't start to glide, right? No, it just – You have to have the right – plummet. Yeah, and, and so, I don't know. It also depends if we get one attempt or, like, multiple shirts because you might, like, kind of dial it in, right? Well, and you also aren't throwing them just boom, boom, boom in rapid succession however many shirts you have, too. It's, you toss one, you get the feel of it, you kind of move around to see what crowd section is a bit more energetic than all the other ones, and then that's the one that gets the next shirt and so on and so forth. And then the other point is, are we pointing out individuals that we're trying to reach? Are we, like, pointing and then you, you, yeah, and then throw it out Calling there? Calling your shot, basically? Trying to. Trying to. Is that more impressive than just throwing it far, being accurate? If you're calling your shot to somebody that's higher up, then yes. But if you're calling yeah, your shot yeah. to somebody that's, again, in Fourth, Gucci Row. Fifth seat. Yeah, I'm not sure that's all that impressive. I'm just saying, if Travis Scott makes his way down from Iowa to the, the Hawks game on Wednesday, he's not getting the shirt from me. I'll now, let that be known. We will be missing, because I don't think Stake's going to be there. So Stake actually will be my candidate for... The one who, A, throws it the shortest, and then, B, overthrows and hurts himself. Stake would be the one. See, I don't. I, Stake would be the one that I don't think cares to try and throw it far. No. It's I not impressive. He's weirdly competitive. He's weirdly competitive. Relax. I know where he plays ball. Relax. <laughs> Just I know the it. guys he plays against. The JCC there, I've sir. dominated the guys he plays against. Just Relax. Saying, that guy is weirdly competitive. So say I love Stake, but I, I, I think in this situation I don't see him trying to outthrow Mike Johnson That's also all. also I think it matters too how you all are situated on the court so if you're next to somebody who is just launching if you're next to somebody who's launching them then you're going to want to launch them too but if you're next to somebody who's just like hey man I'm just going to soft toss these I think Mike and my or Mike excuse me I think Chris and myself get in a game of chicken over this so because you're, you're we want to gauge we want to gauge what 
the other person through before we try and throw ours. And, like, I would want to go second, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the overtime rules. Like, don't take the ball. You want to go second. And so I might have to wait until Chris throws before I try and launch. Um, Dylan could probably poke one out there, too, oh, by the way. Oh, I think Dylan could talk. Dylan's got too. that weird lanky arms. He's got maybe a little nice little crow step. Yeah, and then just sort of that, that long reach follow-through action he's got going on. Should um, we warm up? Are we just in the tunnel warming up? Do we get a shirt to throw around beforehand? Let me ask you this. One, Andrew Bunker. What is Andy showing? Here's the thing about Bunk. Um, because the T-shirt toss depends what time of the game it is. I think it's the first. I could be wrong. Because he could have had uh, you know a couple libations. And he just may not be interested in in throwing it out that far. So, I don't think that. I think Andy gets a couple libations, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm getting into this. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think he's out there to throw it the furthest, but I also think he wants a respectable toss. If he's next to Randy, if they're next to each other throwing T-shirts, I think that's probably the best for both of them. Because Randy won't have somebody ultra competitive next to him that Randy's like, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let him show me up. And Andy's just sort of like, Randy's just having fun, man. I'm gonna have fun too. Yeah. If 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 Andy if Bunk sees Randy having fun, then he'll have fun. And they're yeah. gonna have fun anyways. It's the Atlanta Hawks game. And by the way, the last couple ninety two nine the game nights, the Atlanta Hawks have won, won really yeah. enjoyable games. Uh, the they Golden beat, State game they was beat fun. Golden State two years ago. Last year was it was it the Nets? The it Durant? was the KD fifty burger. Was that last year? I think that was no 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 no. It was two the year ago? before last. Are we Kyrie flipping was them? Naked. We're flipping them. So last year was Golden State. Yeah. The year before was the KD fifty burger. Yeah. John Collins was really good in that game. He I think. was. Yeah. Anyways, um, we're also going to be swag surfing. Uh, myself aside. Who's going to be the most awkward member to do it? Like, who looks the weirdest? That's also a very good question. Um, I'm not going to say Chris because I think Chris has, weirdly enough, like, Chris is – he. Chris goes to, like, EDM clubs yeah, Chris, all the time. I got to so feel Chris, like Chris can Chris move. Chris can move. There's some movement. There's some movement there from Chris. If I had to venture a guess – I am going to say Mike Johnson looks the oddest. And it's a combination of him being the tallest. Too big, out bro. The most. You're too big. Yeah, too big. So big guys, like, you can't be in the front with the swag surf because everyone's eyes are on you. So you got to hang out in the back and you, you got to, like, you can't be too purposeful with your moves. I guess you have to be very subtle as a big guy trying to swag surf because – uh, what was it? The year before that, when we did it, we all sort of linked arms. We were like kind of shoulder yeah, to shoulder. I didn't like that. I don't like any of the swag surfing. And you know, you having to kind of compensate for the person next to you. I'm like, and I can't go. Like, if the person next to me is, say, for instance, you, and you're going sixty, like sixty percent, I can't go ninety five percent because I'm gonna knock the mess out of you trying to swag surf. Like, it's gonna it's gonna be bad for both of us. I enjoy the idea of swag surfing. Like at State Farm Arena, I don't enjoy the idea of myself swag surfing. Uh, so now I've got to figure out: it, it, is it better to be in the second row, try and hide behind, say Mike Johnson, or like on the end, where I'm only linking with one person? The end, because you'll have one side Hopefully where you're not swag on surfing, camera as much. sort of. Yeah, just you, you're only worried about the swag surfing to one side with the person. The other side, you just it's whatever. 
Swag I'm, surfing. That's man. why I said a. Last time we were up in the suite, and I think this time we're like on the floor doing it. And so this is why not I said, a great. Hey, there's no hiding. Who you are next to at any point during these 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 events? Who you are next to during the t-shirt toss? Who you are next to during the swag surf? That's very important. That's extremely important. Who you're next to because that, that determines a. The, the the level of competition and the potential for you to throw your shoulder out during the t-shirt toss, and B, if you got to bring it in the swag surf or if you can just sort of fade to the back of the swag surf. Who you are next to is crucial. Well, look, I will try and keep score for you guys come Wednesday in regards to the longest t-shirt toss. Um, in terms of who looks most awkward swag surfing, I don't know if I'll be paying attention. Do you, I mean, it's going to take all of my focus just to not look like a moron myself. So I'm I, I can't be responsible for paying attention to others, but I'll, I'll try and I'll try and say, oh man, like that, that toss from so and so might have been the best one of the day. I'll try and keep an eye around that. Uh, we'll try and get the setup and, and, and figure it out. I hope we get multiple shirts too. I don't want one attempt at this. By the way, of the people who will throw their arm out, it will be me. Like I will be the one trying too hard. But keep in mind, you, have, you can't overthrow. I, I already know that. We've talked about that. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Either way, it'll be my first Hawks game of the season, and I'm pretty excited to get down there. I uh, went to a couple games last year, including a couple playoff games. So uh, it'll be my first chance to, to check out the squad, uh, you know, in whatever state that they're in right now. All right, on the other side here, in about five minutes, it's a question that I've had for a little while, and... I'm not really sure there's a great answer. Maybe it's all about generational talent. I'll tell you what I mean, and we'll dive into it on the other side. It is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ninety-two nine, the game. It is the Abe TL Show live from the Kia Studios. Abe Gordon here, taking you to six p.m. today. Before I hand things off to Dylan Matthews and Bo Johnson, gonna have them for a couple of minutes and a little bit of crosstalk. I'm gonna have to ask them some of the same questions I just asked Orton in regards to the Hawks and ninety-two nine, the game night. Maybe we can get those competitive juices flowing for Dylan if he wasn't already involved. Also. My man, Dylon, was streaming the past two days. And it took a minute. It took a minute. But he finally picked up a dub in Mario Kart. We're going to have to ask him about that. It was, it was something. I was watching. 
So we'll have some fun when those guys do get into studio. You know, this discussion I'm about to have started yeah, probably the the minute the Super Bowl ended. And, and it's kind of been going on, right? Tom Brady steps aside. Patrick Mahomes gets anointed. And we already start to have the conversation. Can Patrick Mahomes catch Tom Brady for the title of GOAT? Greatest of all time. And it's an interesting discussion because I think it's about the era in which you grew up, the generation that you would put yourselves in. Everyone has their own thoughts on Jordan or LeBron as the GOAT of basketball. And then there's a couple people who will be like, Bill Russell. I'm like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> like, okay. But to an extent, it's probably generational. I, I mean, Oren, you just thumbs up, thumbs down. There are people who think LeBron is the greatest of all time. I would say most of them are probably under the age of 40. You might even go younger than that. I'm just being safe. People of our era are the ones, or or the era that came after us, that are that are growing up in today's game, are more likely to view LeBron as the greatest of all time than guys who are in their 60s or 70s and watch Jordan deal with basketball in the 80s and 90s. It, that's just how it works. And the the question comes, like how how do goats actually get supplanted? When you look at the NFL, who was the greatest of all time, let's say, before Brady? I think a lot of people maybe would say Montana. You started to word that the same time I said it, Oren. Like, maybe Montana. And so Brady comes out and wins seven of them things. Like, is is, is that simple? It's just he's got rings? Now, obviously, you're dealing with longevity and career passing records, stuff like that. And so the question remains, like, Michael Jordan, excuse me, LeBron James just set, I mean, not set, he's had the record for scoring, but he just surpassed the 40,000-point plateau. Only player in history to surpass the plateau. Like, if you don't view him as the GOAT now, and that's fine if you don't, there's nothing he could do now, right? I mean, the argument is changing for him. If he's not better than Jordan now, will another ring change that discussion? No. You're going to tell me that was Anthony Davis's team or, or something like that. Like, same thing with, with Mahomes and, and Brady. Is this a pure titles race? Like, could Mahomes be the greatest of all time if he only wins five? Does he have to win seven? Or does he have to even win eight to surpass? I think with him it's trickier because of the fact that Brady's beaten him twice. I yeah, I don't care about that. You kind of have to, though. No, I don't. It's right? my decision, and I really don't. Like, at all. At all. Like, it, that, that's not a factor for me. Why would it not be a factor for you? 
Let me ask because that. it's just because it's too much of a team game for we us to dial down player versus player when it's eleven on eleven. I get that, but at the same did he, time, did they face off head to head? Did 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 Brady do anything to stop Mahomes? No. Okay, but at the same time though, you're 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 saying that one player right now is better than the other one. If you want to, sure. Look, I I can respect Tom Brady for what he did. I don't even know if he was the best quarterback. From a pure quarterback standpoint, I'm not talking about biggest winner and stuff like that. I mean, for a long time, and obviously I've changed my mind since, and the titles do play a role here. For a long time, I would have rather had Peyton Manning than Tom Brady. And even then, Tom Brady was beating Peyton head-to-head more often. It's not like Tom Brady intercepted Peyton Manning. It's not like Tom Brady did that. I mean, the team did. I, I, I just the head-to-head thing bothers me. There's way too much involved for that to be a one-on-one discussion. And and so I wrote down a list of the guys that maybe I suppose are the goats in each sport. And the question I raise is whose status is most secure? I mean, if LeBron James and the career that he's had can't catch Michael Jordan as greatest of all time, who can? I mean, what can? Like, I don't even know what sort of career you have to have if the one that LeBron's done is not enough. I really don't. And so, is Jordan's status as GOAT safe and secure? What about Brady's? I mean, Mahomes is coming, right? He's got three in five years. He needs, what, five more? That's our argument? He needs five more to pass Brady? Some people are saying he's got to do it with a second team because Brady did it. I don't know who the GOAT is in soccer. I mean, I know who I my GOAT is, is going to be Lionel Messi. Some would say Pele. Some would say whoever else, you Ronaldo. You know, it's kind of the similar thing. It, the soccer one's weird because it seems to be a little bit less about trophies. Like, we were calling Pele, excuse me, we were calling Messi the GOAT well before Argentina's World Cup win. Ronaldo doesn't have a World Cup win. He's in the discussion. I don't know if baseball has goats. Let it's me ask you positional. this about Messi. With what he did in Argentina's World Cup victory, that tournament, does that sort of cement him more as a goat? Then does that add to the goat legacy? Then because of how well he played, especially in the uh, in the final. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, uh, it's not that he, but it's it, ultimately it's not that he played well in the tournament and in the final. It's ultimately just that they won. I mean, if they had lost, it doesn't change anything. And again, like I said, he was probably the GOAT before that anyways. I think, honestly, the safest is probably Wayne Gretzky. Like, the numbers he has is so much wilder than anyone else. Like, Alex Ovechkin is, like, right on the precipice of maybe being able to surpass his goals total. Like, it's an incredible career for Ovi, no one in their right mind is sitting here discussing, is Ovi actually hockey's goat? No one. Not even a discussion. 
Incredible career. May retire as the all-time goal-scoring leader, depending on how many he gets the rest of this year and next year if he could stay healthy. It's not even a discussion. I think Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, who's coming up towards the end of his career, I think he's the second. He's either the active leader or the second all-time in assists. And I think he's got like a 1,000 less than Gretzky. Like the numbers are crazy. Like I, I just, when I think about this, I don't know how the baton gets handed off if you're the GOAT. Like Usain Bolt, right? Like Usain Bolt is is the greatest short distance sprinter of all time, right? Still holds world records. If someone comes out and beats his record, does that mean they're better than Bolt? And now I know you're talking about like definitive answers on that. And like I said, baseball is the weirdest one because there really is no greatest of all time. There's positional discussions. There's this or that. There, but there's so much argument over the era guys played in and stuff like that. I mean, who who's the greatest baseball player of all time? Like, there's no real good answer that everyone would agree upon. Hey, you could say Babe Ruth. There are arguments if you want it to be there. You could say Jackie. Willie Mays, Pujol, I, I mean, I, I, I don't even know how you start with, with that with that answer. I don't know if there is a greatest baseball player of all time. That one's so generational. Like, it, it, I wrote down one name. It, I just went positional. Like, I feel pretty good that I can make an argument that Mo Rivera is the greatest closer of all time. I don't think there's a ton of arguments there. He's got titles. He's got the numbers, the fear factor, the 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 entrance, the aura. What would someone have to do to pass Mo Rivera as greatest closer of all time? Or pass Wayne Gretzky as greatest hockey player of all time? Or pass Jordan? as greatest hooper of all time. Like, I'm 38 years old. I, I don't I don't know if I'll ever see what we deem, like, the passing of the torch from one goat to another. Is, is anyone in boxing going to come up and we deem them the greatest of all time, better than what we have or have had? And so are, are we just in that stage of, of sports life fandom that there can never be a new GOAT? Is, is, is Mahomes the last bastion of that? Like, is that the last potential replacing of a GOAT? Brady did it, I guess, just over the past couple of years, right? Whenever you deemed him to be GOAT. I, probably when he had the second dynasty in, in New England. Maybe you waited until you saw him win in Tampa. But is 
is Patrick Mahomes the last bastion of we might we might see a new goat, someone overtaken? Like it's not happening in hockey. It's just not. Like like that that seems to be a settled done deal. And if LeBron can't be that guy in basketball, and again, it's totally fine if LeBron is your guy. Like I'm not I'm not necessarily speaking to you, I guess. But like if LeBron can't pass Jordan, like who else is going to? There's there's like no discussion. Is it too title oriented? I mean, LeBron's been the leader of a team. Say what you want about his years in Miami. The leader of a team in three separate cities that have won championships. And I'm sorry if you don't agree, I'm counting the bubble title. Like, it, it's a real thing. It happened. Like, I, I don't, Jordan didn't do that. I'm not saying it's tougher. I'm just saying it's incredibly impressive. And if LeBron can't do that, and catch Jordan, I just no one will. So we've got goats in hockey that are finite, goats in the NBA that are finite, and I guess we're just waiting to see if Mahomes can win four more. I'm just starting to believe that goats do not get supplanted anymore. Like I, with within a hundred years of the sport being played. There, a goat is determined, and never shall he be unanointed. Is that where we are? I don't know. I'll tell you who's a goat. My next guest. All right, maybe that's a bit extreme even for him. I think Coach K is probably the goat, so it probably is not my buddy. Matt McCall, who's a former college basketball coach, now an analyst for NBC Sports Field of 68, and Sirius XM. Guys, Selection Sunday is 14 days away. If you haven't gotten caught up on college hoops yet, let's do it next with Matt McCall. It is the AMTL show live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.